0: We've teamed up with SeatGeek this season to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get in on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use code NCAA Digest for $20 off your first purchase. This podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com for more info.
1: Yes, that is right. Dinga and DeRosa featuring Bill Walton on, uh, on Pack 12 day. Chris Thettinga, I'm here. As always with Michael DeRosa. Michael, how are you?
0: I was very confused when I logged into the, the stream <laughs> and it just says Walton there. So I'm like, oh, all right, I guess there's a, a new buddy. Oh man, I miss Bill Walton. We need Bill Walton back in our lives so bad. Yeah, The Conference uh, of Champions, excited the last year, the last year of the Conference of Champions. Oh my gosh, like no one's asked him about it. and like I feel like, oh man, we could get some weird Waltonisms this year. It's just going to be sad, but.
1: Yeah, there's. uh, I was trying to find the howling clip and I ran across five or six just absolute, uh, absolute gems. Did you hear uh, Bill Walton calling baseball? Yes, the White
0: White Sox game? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember that. I found a stream for it that day. Oh my God, that was awesome.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable ride.
0: Uh, Yeah! Oh, wrong direction. That's (laughs) the wrong in the head. It's great.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay, Michael. Like we said, we are talking uh, the Pac-12 before we get going. Uh, a couple news and notes around the country. Uh, EJ Jarvis of Florida, a guy I am very high on. Uh, he transferred from Yale over to Florida this year. Uh, not going to play basketball anymore. Uh, just taking a leave and, and kind of medically retiring, if you will. Um, and so that's kind of a bummer. I was really excited to see to see Jarvis um, in the SEC. Uh, yeah.
0: Florida needed big bodies, so... Uh. Hopefully right. he just whatever he has going on ends up working itself out.
1: Yep. Uh, other than that, uh, Mikey Williams of Memphis is now not practicing officially with the team. Former really big time recruit uh, for Penny Hardaway, but was involved. He, he shot a, a gun into a car of people. Uh, never, never the best look, honestly. So no. uh, Mikey Williams not practicing with the team. A, another really not great news news and note around. The country arterio Morris is now off the team at Kansas um, for alleged rape and and all sorts of things there with a few witnesses on the basketball team as well. Uh, does arterio Morris not being there uh, hinder Kansas at all, or do you view them the exact same?
0: From a locker room distraction standpoint, like this is when you're starting practice. From that standpoint, sure. From like a pure talent roster standpoint, meh. Nah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, he. Honestly, like at Texas, he wasn't a a huge net positive. He was fine. And uh, their backcourt at Kansas is uh, good enough without him. Nick Timberlake is more than willing to step into that role and probably even be better. Yeah. But without further ado, let's hop into the Pac-12. It is the last year. Uh, We did rank the teams, uh, Michael and myself. Then we took the cumulative score and ranked them all. Starting from the back in 12th place is Oregon State. With a true twelve across the board, uh, Oregon State. I was, you know, I was listening to some of Wayne Tinkle's stuff um, in the off season, and he just talked about how, like, man, last year we weren't, we just, we just were never healthy. Christian Wright wasn't fully healthy, and uh, you, you know, Chill Mariel just wasn't fully healthy, and that's why we struggled so much. So this year, it's going to be the year. We're getting older. I don't buy it at all. They're going to be terrible.
0: Yeah, they're going to be shit. Uh, I. Wayne Tinkle is holding on to his job after that one amazing tournament run, which to his credit, he had that happen. I remember, I believe I called that team before they made the tournament run, the worst five seed any major conference tournament has ever seen. So naturally, uh, and and like they were the five in the conference tournament. So naturally they win the conference tournament, then they go to the Elite Eight. Shows how much of a big brain I am. (laughs) But that roster, like I, I don't trust the coach, and that roster is not good. Like Joel what? He was a five star flame out. Yep. And he's their go-to guy. They didn't bring anyone in that changes anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. He talks about how Christian Wright's a, a game changer in the almanac and and uh how him being fully healthy is gonna change the dynamic of the team. Uh he's six three and shot six percent from three point range of last year. Six percent. I'm not going to get too excited about a guy that cannot shoot Aaron Thompson. You're a Butler guy. Aaron Thompson couldn't shoot and people just didn't guard him uh, at the three point line when he was a senior and he still found a way to shoot 19,
0: 20%. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Aaron Thompson would just like, he took like one or two in the corner that year and he hit him. Right. Um, but Aaron Thompson's also one of the leading, if not the leading assist guy in this school's history. And Christian yeah. Wright will not be that for Oregon State. Uh, <laughs> I think I could shoot like 6%. I could do that. 1,000% you could shoot 6%. Now, Um, I couldn't affect anything else, but I could shoot my 6%. Sure. One day I go like two for two, what? I'd have to miss like 38 shots in a row after that. Hell yeah, I could do that.
1: It is truly unbelievable that a shooting guard that played 15 minutes a game last year shot 6% and is now going to be a starter on a power five or power 16. Unbelievable. But
0: if if he's healthy, they'll be good.
1: (laughs) If he's healthy, if the knee uh, heals up. Uh off the bench, they have a boatload of freshmen that I think he is uh, pretty high on. Gavin Mars is one. He's a seven-footer that should yeah. be okay. Um, but you know, there's just no pieces yet. I mean, th- this is a really young team outside of Mariel, and and uh, I think Econo is how you pronounce it. They're small forward. Yeah. There's really not a lot of upperclassmen. So, yeah, maybe in a couple of years, but right now, like, there's just no common sense makes me think that they're going to be anything but 12th.
0: Are they better or worse than last year's Louisville team?
1: A thousand percent worse. A thousand percent worse. I agree. They, S- similar levels of coaching and way less talent.
0: Yeah. I will be looking on day one to see if they're playing some like mid-major. No one's really talking about. And I would probably just take that mid-major.
1: Straight up. So, yeah. If they're like 11 point favorites in any game this year, I am going to bet Hammer. the other way. I don't care. Yeah. Hammer. Moving on to 11th. Is Washington State? We are pretty aligned here. I had them 11th. Michael had them 10th. Um, you know, I love Joseph Yesufu. Who, who come? He was a star at Drake. Goes to Kansas. Doesn't play a whole lot, uh, but I thought he should have played more last year. But anyways, he's a good piece. But outside of that, I don't know, man. Uh, they're not. It's just not a really talent laden roster. Uh, I like Smith as a coach, but it's just not there for me.
0: Yeah, Alex Smith too. Uh, I'm pretty surprised this was the job he took. He didn't just wait a year at San Francisco to take a better job. I don't know how I how much I rate that decision, but yeah. I don't know. I like Isaac Jones too, who they bring in from Idaho. He averaged like 17 a game. He can sure. get to the bucket. I think he was like 60% from like inside two-point range and then like 30% from three. But like he can get to the bucket. And he'll do that. Cal Smith's a good coach. They'll be able to steal some games from that. And maybe this uh maybe with returning Jackemovski uh, and uh, Jabe Mullins, I don't know. Maybe they can do something, but they lose everybody from last year. I really, I want to buy into this team every year. I think every year in the preseason, I'm like, you know what? You know who could be like a sneaky tournament team? Washington <laughs> State. They got, they got a couple guys. Like they had this guy, Dennis Rodman's kids playing there, dude. Oh right. man, dude, Muhammad Gay is there. He's a bucket dude. It's like those guys are gone now, and they couldn't win with them. So I don't know. Um, Not too optimistic, but. I want them to be good though. So like, if they're better than that, I, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. Um, if you, if Bamba was still there, if TJ Bamba didn't transfer to Villanova, Bamba of course scored 16 points a game last year. And, you know, just was a pretty good facilitator as well. If you pair him with Yesufu in the backcourt, I am much more likely to have them in the middle of, of the pack here, but without the go-to, because Yesufu is a good player, but he's not a go-to scorer, I yeah. don't think. Um, and so 11th, 10th kind of seems like the right spot.
0: Yeah, I agreed there. I I want them to be better, though. Like, I, I right. just want them to be better.
1: On to 10th. We'll speed through the first four or three teams, uh, because I do think we're kind of on the same page. The next one's Stanford. I had them ninth. Michael had them 11th with a cumulative score of ten. Uh, the big piece here, we're both big East guys. Jared Byam comes over and he is the best point guard Stanford's had in a long time. Uh if he plays up to you know what he was two years ago. I see your face there. Is there some disagreement?
0: Who's the didn't they have someone like last year two years back that was like decent? Um who was Zaire Williams backcourt mate? Oh was he any good? I feel like I, I, I remember know. not. Cause Spencer Jones' our guy now. I feel like I remember there was someone ah, damn it. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I Jared Bynum just kind of faded as last season went. And there's a reason Cooley didn't Jared Bynum's from DC. Cooley goes to the school from Providence to DC and doesn't bring Jared Bynum. I feel like there's a reason that happened.
1: Or did Jared Bynum just not want to, you know, go with Cooley because he didn't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It was know. probably mutual. To to-
0: it was probably mutual, if I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, he needed a fresh start. Uh, outside of Jared Bynum, yeah, Michael Jones is back. Spencer Jones is back. They're both very old. Uh, Brandon Angel is another uh, a pretty decent piece for them. They're a little power forward guy. Averages like 10 and 5 a game. Uh, the bench, Michael, is pretty soft to me, but as far as the starting lineup goes,
0: I don't hate it. I absolutely love Andre Stoyakovich. I love his game. He is so good. He's like a top 20 kid, and he... I mean, he is an excellent scorer. He can score at all three levels. He's big, has a quick jump shot. He knows how to, like, use his body and score. Like, if that kid was, like, anywhere else, he'd be, like, I'd be over the moon with how much I like his game. I think he is genuinely special. But you know who Stanford's had over the last couple years? Zaire Williams, who went to the NBA next year, and Harrison Ingram, who's now at UNC. You know what they did with those two guys? Jack shit. So I can't bank on Haas. What they should have done is they fire Haas, you get Mark Madsen in. Talking about this team very differently, and if they have Andre Stojakovic with Mark Madsen, I'm telling you right now, I'm talking about this team as a maybe competing for like a top four spot in this conference.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Haas. I don't know how he's still there. To be completely I don't, honest,
0: like, he's he's a
1: stooge. He's a stooge. Right, and uh, yeah, you don't. Not only do you not get Madsen. Um, but you don't get IMAC who comes along with Madsen who would have been here and, and that changes the dynamic as well. Uh, yeah, missed opportunities in the off season and it'll culminate just because I don't trust Haas at all. Uh, like you said, he had a lot of talent, did nothing. Now he has less talent. He's certainly not going to do any better. Uh, but I do think it is enough to keep him out of kind of the cellar.
0: Yeah. They're just, they could be like decent and like, maybe Haas keeps his job at for this one, but, I've learned the hard way that you don't bank on coaches you don't trust.
1: No, um, yes, that that is a good rule of thumb. And there's only some like let's say Jared Bynum plays the best he can, and he, he's as efficient as he was two years ago. That's still he's still probably only a you know top six or seven backcourt piece in the in the in the conference. So, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if that's the thing you're banking on. I don't know. It's a, it's a low ceiling for me.
0: Yeah. I like the um, overtime elite kid they brought into uh, Kenan Carlisle, is his name. Good ball handler. Can run an offense or could slide to two and get buckets. I feel like they could have like a decent starting lineup. And if I actually trusted Haas, I'd have Meyer, but I don't trust him at all. Right.
1: Coaching matters. Yeah. Move on here to number nine, which is Arizona State. Uh, Michael had him eighth. I had him 10th. I had them below Stanford. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I don't really see the talent. They're significantly worse than they were last year. Uh, they lose, you know, kind of everybody. Cambridge, both Cambridges are gone. DJ Horn's gone. Warren Washington is gone. All of all four of those guys combined for something like 55, 60 points. Uh, and the guys they bring in are a bunch of like mediocre pieces from teams that were bad. Like uh, Kamari Lands comes from Louisville. Yeah. Uh, they get a guy from San Francisco, Tulsa, a couple of guys from LSU. None of those teams were good last year. So yep. I don't know. I don't love that
0: formula. Yeah. Um, I don't really trust, uh, Bobby Hurley. I feel like I have to say Bobby in front of that, because if I say, I don't trust Hurley, I don't think he's a good coach. I'm going to take that out of context. Yep. Even though I just did it. Um, <laughs> that being said, like you look at this roster, they lose three of their top four scores. Uh, Frankie Collins returns and Jimmy and Neil returns too. So like, Sure. Uh, they bring in a lot of guys in the portals you mentioned, but like none of them are special. Like you got a kid from Houston, Christian, Houston Baptist, whatever they're called now. Adam Miller's a former five-star two-time transfer, but he might not be eligible because he's a two-time transfer and he's transferred every year he's been in college. I remember he put out a tweet that said like, I swear, this is the last time I'm ever going to enter the portal. And this I should have screenshotted it. i might if I remember after this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get that screenshot because if he ever enters the portal again, I'm going to put that tweet Adam. out and that would do well. So <laughs> note that,
1: but he would matter if it, that does yeah, we'll, change it a little bit. I'm going to, I'm assuming he's not going to be eligible. Um, but yeah, he, he averaged like 12 points a game last year. He's a solid
0: piece. Yeah. So uh, I like the kill Watson kid. They bring in the freshman, but like he's a three-star freshman. Is he really going to do anything? No, that being said, I think he's fine. I think he's fine piece uh, from New York, but uh, this roster is very mid so mid that John Rostein listed Amari Davis as a starter on their team. Amari I mean, Davis was the guy who played at Wright State. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. He's not at Arizona State. He's not on the roster. They do not have someone named Amari Davis on that team.
1: So I'm looking at, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know how he was there and found Amari Davis. So it's like, all right, who is the kid he thinks is going to start? So I looked at the comments. It's like, uh, he met Malachi Davis, this Juco lefty guard. So I'm like, all right, I'll see if this kid's any good. Like, I know enough about, like, all the guys. I watched this kid play. Holy shit, this kid's really good. Like, genuinely, oh, really? this kid is really good. In the Juco and JCA tournament. He put up 31, 31, 33, and 48 points in work of his team going to the final four. This kid is really, really good. I he's a legit scorer. He gets to the room with ease. He hits some really tough shots. He's very quick in transition. Excellent ball handler, shifty. He's a lefty. And he shot nearly 40% from three last season. This kid is okay. he's really good. I think we'll if people don't know his name now, you'll know his name quickly because I think he's the lead option on this team, honestly. Like let's, yeah. I mean, he's going
1: to have to be because you look yeah. at the the shooting numbers around him: Frankie Collins, Jamaya Neal, Kamari Lands, and Alonzo Gaffney, who yeah. are all the other pieces in there. You know, one through three slots potentially c- combined to shoot something like twenty six percent or twenty seven percent from three. So uh they need shooting very badly. And it, yeah, if it's not this JUCO kid, like I'm looking up up and down the roster, and
0: yeah, I
1: don't know if I see it.
0: I see. I I. I think Davis is really good, actually. But, like, do I trust him to be the lead option on a Pac-12 team that I have reasonable (laughs) expectations for? He's a Juco kid. I'll have to see it to believe it. But I like him. But at the same time, also, I like him. Great. I really like him. I think I've made that pretty clear. Do I really trust Frankie Collins? No. Is Adam Miller going to get a waiver? Maybe. Is he going to be really good if he gets that waiver? Maybe. And Mm -hmm. who the hell do they have in the front court? It's Alonzo Jackson. Yeah, he was a flame out, ended up going Juco route, then comes back to college. And I guess Sean Phillips is returning starting five. Maybe Zane Meeks from USF.
1: I think it'll Heather, be, I'm hearing it's Phillips, but yeah, Phillips, is a guy, he played seven minutes a game last year. And yeah. if you watched every Pac-12 game, uh, you know, and you're not an Arizona State fan, you're probably only, you know, viscerally aware of who he yeah. is.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's nothing special. If it's Meeks, maybe, but I like Davis. I think Davis was the reason I probably put him eight, which might be a little high, but they were higher in like the Pac-12, like media poll or coaches pull or whatever. They had them like yep. six. And I didn't see that till after I did this ranking. I don't know how you can justify that. I have no idea how.
1: No, I, just, I don't see it. Um, I think there's a pretty steep. In my opinion, this is the best pac 12 we've seen more. Well, let's say most competitive pac 12 yeah. we've seen in, in quite a few years. Right. It's just been UCLA and Arizona. And then every three years, USC, and then everyone else, and yeah. maybe Oregon and flipping in there every once in a while. Uh, this year, one through eight are going to be pretty darn competitive. Uh, So this is kind of the tipping point for me. ASU is on the outside looking in of
0: all the teams that are kind of bunched up to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I hope Davis is really good though. I think that'd be a ton of fun.
1: It would be. It would be. I
0: I watched the highlight video of him. If you haven't, I can send it to you later. He is fun. He is a very fun player to watch. Some of the
1: Juco guys have been getting some success recently.
0: He's. He's a bucket.
1: Moving on to eighth is the Washington Huskies. Uh, the Almanacs, uh, most what did they say that they're the team most likely to be kind of under the radar. Uh, they can be. They really, if you look at the roster, I had them eighth. Michael had them ninth. But if you look at the roster, the backcourt, man, it's pretty solid, right? You bring in Paul Mulcahy, who's a you know a pretty solid Big Ten guard. Severe Wheeler comes over from. Kentucky, and we know what he can do. He'll get six or seven assists per game. Um, we know what Keon Brooks is. Uh, if he shoots it a little bit better, then he could be, you know, potentially a first a first team guy, especially since there's 11 first and 10 first team Pac-12 guys. Um, inconceivable. Inconceivable, yes. Uh, but, no, this is like a – I had trouble with this because I think they could be sneaky top five, but it's another one of the Pac-12 teams where I'm like, man, it's unfortunate that the coach is terrible.
0: There you go. There's the point I was gonna hit on. I think it speaks volumes that Mike Hopkins not only didn't get the Syracuse job, but wasn't even considered. They didn't even look at him. He was the guy who was the shoe-in favorite to get that job before he left for Washington. Mm-hmm. He leaves for Washington. They don't even consider him, they don't even put him on the list. It's just Autry, you're sitting next to Beheim, you get the job. You're you're better than this Stooge. And they're right. He is he's a better coach than this Stooge. I man. This roster is talented. There is some talent here. I agree with you there. Like Keon Brooks is legit. You bring in Mulcahy and um, uh, severe Wheeler. And then you have Nate Calmis, who averaged 18 points a game in Lamar at his freshman season. Um, and then this Moses Wood kid from Portland, 40% from three. Come on. That's, that's good. Good length too. in that uh, two, three zone will end up running. Yep. Like they have talent, but how do you play Mulcahy and Wheeler together?
1: Well, I you know, I think it's gonna be easier than you think. Mulcahy's an off the ball guy. Wheeler, I think uh, he kind of took his medicine the second half of last year um, and understood that he doesn't have to be, you know, the the only guy on the roster that can make plays. Um, maybe if they both play team basketball and kinda of let Keon Brooks be the alpha in the room, I think he can he can succeed.
0: But Mulca- uh Mulcahy can't really shoot. Like he's a fine shooter. I think he was like 30 some odd percent last year. 37. Can't
1: That's fine. 37's
0: fine. I thought he was like 30, like I said, I like 32, if I remember correctly.
1: I think he's 37%.
0: If he was 37, then I rescind this point I'm about to make. So let's uh I, I wouldn't I don't want to have to shut up. That would be annoying. <laughs> uh he was 37 on the dot last year. All right, never mind. Uh that, so um never mind. I rescind my point.
1: But I'm not, you know, incredibly high volume. And then Wheeler obviously is not a great shooter either. But yeah, so it's still a, a good great point.
0: shooter. And then at the four, at the five, they're going to, I don't think they run on Brooks at the five. So I don't know where they get the floor spacing from.
1: Yeah. Uh, Moses Wood did shoot 40% yeah, last up. year. So it, he's going to have to do that again, I think. And if, if Mulcahy shoots 37, 38% on higher volume, it changes things a little bit. Braxton Mia is going to be the guy down yeah. low. Uh, Mia is a seven, one guy. Eight point eight and seven point two last year. Um, he's you know, serviceable down low. Uh, I, I, the big problem though becomes okay, starting five. You can talk about it all you want, but it's it's fine enough to compete in this league. And then the six through seven, eight, nine guys,
0: not as enticing. Mulcahy and Brooks, if they're on the wings in that two-three zone, that's a damn good group on the wings. Like that, they'll be hard to like get by. And like they'll have length, so there's that. But and Baylor's quick. Like, oh man, I don't know. I'm I'm starting to buy in a little bit. But Mike Mike Hopkins is a stooge. He's a stooge. I, know. I remember late late year JT three run, Beheim goes out for the game due to Bayheim cheating, or something like that. And Mike Hopkins coached the game. There was one game that I would say JT three did not get up coached in, it was the Mike Hopkins game. That guy is a stooge. He is a stooge. <laughs> He had, I don't know how he still has the job. He's like, he seems like a very nice guy to his, like, not to like shit on him too much. He seems like a very nice guy, but I don't think he's a great basketball coach.
1: He's under 500. If you look at his record, the last three years combined, Um and at a program like Washington, it's not super hard to win at Washington.
0: It's not. And there was some um, like drama with this team in the off season too. So it's just yeah. like, there's, that's another reason I should back off.
1: Rumor has it Mulcahy, uh, okay. kind of wanted to go back to Rutgers and the door was closed behind him. Um, so take that for what you will. But I, I still do think, Like if you look at all of the pieces in a vacuum, I like every single person in the starting five and yeah. Bryden is a guy we haven't hit on a Nebraska yeah. transfer that honestly, like I only watched Nebraska probably four or five times last year, but I was impressed. Um, you know, He only played probably what? 13, 14 minutes a game. He averaged three and two. Yeah, but he was, I thought he was a stout enough defender to warrant, you know, a, a, an up transfer. And I'm going to say up transfer just because Washington I think will be better than Nebraska. Um, but ooh, no, they're like the same tier. Okay. See, I think I think Washington Washington can make the tournament. I don't think Nebraska can make the tournament.
0: Nebraska. Yes, I will give you that. Washington has a much higher ceiling than Nebraska. It's just if you are asking me to, who do I think is a better basketball coach and who would I trust to win a game, Fred Hoiberg. Or Mike Hopkins? The answer is not Mike Hopkins.
1: Uh, they're both so low. They're they're terrible. Both of them. I are think
0: terrible. Hoiberg is a tier above. I I really do not think Mike Hopkins is a good coach. Like Hoiberg did three-
1: nothing with McGowan's.
0: Yeah, and what did what did Mike Hopkins do with Isaiah Stewart? He had Isaiah Stewart and Jalen McDaniels or Jalen McDaniels, one of the two, whichever one was the higher draft pick.
1: Yeah, the the guy on the Wolves, I think. Yeah, Jaden, Jaden. Yeah,
0: he yeah. had two top ten picks and guys who are still making a name for themselves in the NBA, and he did nothing.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, no, he's not a good coach, but I, I think uh, – I don't know. I think Hoiberg is right down there with him.
0: See, I, Hoiberg is like – he had a couple good seasons at Iowa State, so it's like I can trust him. Mike Hopkins hasn't done anything. He had, he made one tournament, and I think they got smoked in the first round, if I remember Yes, correctly.
1: yes. Yeah. He had one really good year right when he – I think it was his second year yeah. uh, at Washington. So we'll move on to number seven here. And man, it, this one's sad for me. I love Cal with all my heart uh it's a six point five cumulative Michael had him sixth I had him seventh. We're both real high on cal but man I just couldn't I couldn't get him higher than seventh I tried every avenue I could but uh it's still it's still cal and the bench is so so soft like if what if one injury happens, they're done this team has no shot in my opinion.
0: I think Mark Madsen's a damn good coach. I think that's where you mm-hmm. got to start it. Yeah, the depth isn't great, but like I think they could go eight deep, one injury, and they're probably pretty screwed because going seven and short term is fine, but like long term, it gets kind of greasy. But yeah, like, they got talent. Yeah, Fardell's IMAC, of course, he- he's going to be a beast for them. And mm-hmm. after I feel like people are kind of forgetting that because after one year playing under a whatever the hell that Texas Tech program was. Just whatever Mark Adams somehow did from year one to year two. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. And he just had a bad year. He was injury ridden too. Gets to Cal, plays for his former coach, who was a big man who made the NBA. It's like yep. that, that says something. And he knows how to coach too. Madsen can really coach. I think IMAC will be a lot better. And man, Jalen Tyson, if he gets the waiver, which. Again, mentioning Texas Tech and what happened last year. I'm very confident he does, so I'm confident enough to talk about them like he gets the waiver. He's a stud. He's a stud. They had no offensive system last year. Absolutely none. Tyson averaged 10.7 points per game, very efficiently, shooting 48% from the field, 40% from three. In the Big 12. yeah. In the Big 12. 6'7", skilled, athletic, handles the ball, and is one of the best catch-and-shoot player, uh, jump shooters in the country at eighty in the 88th percentile. Shout-out to the YouTube channel, College Basketball Scouting, by the way. They help me with these videos so much. I feel like I know so much more doing these because of that channel. Shout-out to them. They rock. Like oh, yeah, Man. paid advertisement. There we go. Yeah, they, they deserve it. And I'm not getting paid for that, clearly. <laughs> He's a stud. He's a stud. He can average, like, 15, 17 points a game with actual offensive coaching. I buy it. Sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, I like... I like him a lot. I like Jalen Cohn a bunch. Uh, Cohn is a transfer from Northern Colorado. Last year shot 40% from three as well, 18 points a game. He was kind of their go-to guy and the the straw that stirs the drink a little bit. But the only problem with Northern Colorado, and we talked about this uh, in our SEC preview as well, they can't play defense. They're terrible defensively. Uh everyone on their team was was like in the in the blue numbers on all of the analytical (laughs) metrics defensively. So I don't know. Uh if he steps up his game defensively and maybe Devin Askew can, you know, help with that a little bit. Because Askew not high on him, but he's a fine defensive player. Uh maybe it works out. But I have problems there, questions there. At the four is my other questions. It looks like the starting four is going to be Grant Newell, who was there last year, averaged eight points a game, but Really not a very good shooter at all. Thirty nine percent from the floor. Um, so if I, I don't know, he's kind of he'll he's just be there.
0: Like Kennedy at the four. That makes more sense to me at least.
1: Keontae Kennedy is what six six.
0: I mean, Maybe. He's, like, he's a big physical like wing, and he's got a very pretty jump shot.
1: Like, yeah, you could space I, it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I feel like you could space it and get IMac more space. I feel like IMac can hold his own down. Yeah, he's six five. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to be fine by itself. Yeah.
1: Fardos I by the way. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk about it enough. This is a first team all pack 12 guy yeah. signed, sealed approved. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen um, off the bench. It's, it's no one that I'm really too enthused about. Devin Askew, I really do think will come off the bench. So that's interesting. Uh, I don't know, Rodney Brown Jr., I think, is their freshman that they're most excited about. So yeah. We'll see how that works out. Andy Yokofor is a guy that played 13 minutes a game last year and was okay. Monty Bowser's still there. But no pieces that jump off the board. is like, hey, this is a guy that can give you production
0: off the bench. At the same time, though, and I can say this because Mark Fox is now working at Georgetown. Um, <laughs> is there is a right? significant <laughs> coaching upgrade from yes. Mark Patson, Mark Fox. I mean, the, the tier gap there is you are going from – F tier to like eight AB tier type. Yeah. Like it, it is substantial. So maybe one of these guys is like secret good. And we just didn't know anything about it.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Mark Fox. Chance. Yeah. He was terrible. And Madsen, I think was ranked. I think the CBS sports guys, uh, did a poll, uh, like an anonymous, anonymous poll of all the college basketball coaches. And Madsen was ranked like the third best coaching
0: hire of the, of the yeah. offseason. So Makes he's sense. really good. and, yeah, I'm, I like Keontae Kennedy's jumper. And I think there's talent there with Devin Askew. He was not efficient last year, but he yeah. had, like he didn't play a lot. There's talent there. There's, you know. can get something out of him. You can. I, but I I I think they can. I really do. I, I think that I, there is something there. I really think he is not as bad as he has looked in college. He hit a rhythm last year. Then he got hurt. And Mark Fox is a stooge. But like, so I where really did he did go
1: he was at kentucky and then what was it uh, texas yeah, for a year
0: he redshirted. he went up the year it's like no you can't do that as a point guard you can't oh. yeah. if i could go back in time and tell him just wait the year trust me just wait the year i think his career plays out very differently but maybe i think there's still talent there's talent there get a good coach with something i really there's talent there man
1: yeah, uh, like I said in in the off season, I wouldn't be surprised um, if Cal wins the conference or makes the tournament at all. Uh, I do think this league gets six bids, seven bids.
0: I th- yeah, I think this is the I think there's a tier gap for me. This is where it would be. You said it after eight. I think it's right here. that okay. I think all these teams can compete in the tournament.
1: Yeah, which the Pac-12 recent history would say you're getting three bids, maybe four, maybe four. Uh, this year, no way they're getting less than five. No way.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, five is probably the floor. Uh-huh. Maybe four. I, I could see just something going wrong with one really? of you. Utah? Utah's making the tournament. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, that was not the team I was thinking of. Okay, we'll get more into that later. Yeah, that was not the team I was thinking of. Okay.
1: So we'll move into sixth. As a, as a recap, so far, 12th place was Oregon State, then Washington State, followed closely by Stanford and Arizona State. Washington Cal. And that brings us to number six, which is the buffs. I had the buff six. Michael had him 5th We're not buying into the buff hype. Michael, a lot of them are saying, Hey, Buffalo's two in the conference, three in the conference. Um, Not for us. They were, I believe they were third in the maybe fourth in the, in the PAC 12 media poll. Yeah. Third. But um, I don't know. I look at the roster. Uh, Eddie Lampkin comes over from TCU. I think it's a net negative from losing Lawson Lovering to to Utah. That's, uh, and then Tristan Da Silva is the truth. He's really good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. They're going to be kind of similar to what they were last year. I think. And last year they were very okay.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm glad you've you've sort of moved onto my side of the fence with this. Actually, yeah. having them lower than I did. I was real I high
1: like on the him. buffs initially.
0: You were, yeah. Uh, I like KJ Simpson. Uh, you mentioned Tristan Da Silva. He's amazing. And he is going to not have to play like the five man instead can play like the four. So I think that's probably the best thing Eddie Lamp can to this team. Frankly, is just making sure that uh, he can play on the wings. I like kid Simpson too. Um, same reason. I like Derek Simpson a lot. I think they're both pretty similar players. Uh, skilled. Very good at getting to the bucket. Jumper needs a bit of work, but man, he is really skilled. I really like him, but oh, the rest yeah. of this roster, they bring in the number four recruit in the class. Cody Williams. I watched him play for the U-19 team. And when I saw he was the number four recruit in the country, I was stunned. Um, he did not play very well. He had a very good game against Japan. He was 7 of 8 from the field, had 15 points against... I believe Japan had a wing who is playing at Hawaii, Akira Jacobs, who I thought played really well. Like, is like genuinely good. But other than yeah. that, you take out that game. He was 13 of 40 from the field, including 3 of 13... In USA's two toughest games against France and Turkey. And excluding the Japan game where he's one-on-one from three, he was one of seven. He was not effective. He was frequently out of control. He was one of the, like, he was the reason they lost. It was either the Turkey game or the France game. He had a really bad game, and Tad Boyle did not sub him out. So I look at that. It's a very small sample size, and his high school numbers speak a ton of numbers. He was an All-American for a reason. He's got size. He can put the ball on the floor. He's very good, and he has a ton of potential. He's still learning to use his body better. He he can finish. He can get to the rim. If you like, really like muscle him up, he might miss it. But he there is talent there, and there is a the ceiling is sky high for him. If Colorado is as good as people say they are, they will be. It's because Cody Williams is a star. He's a top five pick in the next year's draft. That like that is possible. I'm not going to act like that is not possible. But other than Cody Williams, like Eddie Lampkin, you mentioned doesn't really add anything to me. And this is a team that was under 500 in the Pac-12 last year that people yep. are expecting to win a title. Um, right. I think there is a path to it happening, but I think the expectation is more so people wanting it to happen and wanting to see a new team really compete in this conference than being reasonable about it.
1: Yeah. The, the path to it happening is so KJ Simpson and Tristan De Silva averaged 30, 32 combined points a game last year. They need to average a combined 40. They need to go 20 and 20 uh, yeah. average points per game, which that's,
0: Williams <sighs> becomes a stud and live can stud. defend yeah. in a pick and roll now.
1: Which Williams, I watched a little bit of his tape as well, and he's skinny man. Like he's I don't skinny. know if he can go play the four at this yeah. at this level. So then he's stuck at the three, which means okay, De Silva is stuck at the four with you know really no serviceable backup. Um, like Javon, ha- ha- like Hadley, maybe plays the four. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I I think having a guy like Williams be your your stud that you don't want to take off the floor. Um, kind of handcuffs you a little bit at the four as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the Buffaloes, I don't know. I'm not buying in Michael.
0: Yeah. not either.
1: We move on to number five and it breaks my heart that you have the, you had the Utah Utes seventh in the conference. I had them third with a cumulative of 5.0 huge on the Utes this year. I think this is their year. Um, <laughs> let's actually, let's start with you. What, what is uh, the negating factor to their
0: talent? I really like Craig Smith as a coach. Let's get that out there. I think he's an excellent coach. I think you'll talk more about him. So I'll just leave that there. I agree with whatever Chris is going to say. <laughs> this, is, this is not something I should say, but whatever he's going to say, I'm going to agree with. We'll, we'll start from there. And in Bold. terms of Craig Smith, Bold. Um, this seems solid. You return of their top six scores, including uh, 16 and seven big and Brendan Carlson gave Matson, 11 point per game score. And you return your floor general, leading to this guy, really Worcester, five assists per game, top 50 in the country. That's good. They bring in a couple transfers too. Cold Pajama should really fit the system. Shooter, long, athletic. Can't really put the ball on the floor unless he's going straight, but still, he can really shoot it, and he's going to be a complimentary piece. I think they need a waiver from Davion Davion Smith from Georgia Tech. I think they need another guard. They need a guard who can really create for himself and is really athletic Athletic, because I think they lose a lot athletically if he's not there. Like, if he isn't there, they're probably one of the least athletic teams in this conference. Just pure athleticism. Like, they're probably behind Arizona State around that's what athletic is like Washington State, maybe Stanford in that. Just pure athleticism. Mm -hmm. Very skilled but like just not athletically raw and if Smith is there, he's physical he's an athletic ball handler really good vision will be able to create for others so I think that's where they're missing I think they really need Smith to be eligible because if he is I think this team could could maybe even hit your ranking if he isn't I I do have worries with this team athletically and they could get beat defensively
1: oh that's fair um yeah yeah. I do think athleticism is the one kind of force that they're just they just don't have without Smith um, but I will kind of say that Raleigh Worcester who came over with, uh, with Craig Smith from Utah state. So he knows how to run the offense exactly how Craig Smith wants him and Gabe Madsen, his backcourt partner were both kind of hurt banged up a lot of last year. I think they only missed a combined like eight or nine games, but it kind of limited them is, is what Craig Smith would say. Uh, yeah, Cole Badger was a decent piece. Brandon Carlson is for my money, the top three player in the conference top three player in the conference. Uh, he led Utah in points, rebounds, blocks uh, last year, nearly assists. Um, he's, he's just really, really good. And I think him pairing with, with Lawson lovering is another seven footer. So you got two seven footers out there. Oregon tried it last year. It didn't work with Carlson being able to space the floor so well at seven foot. I think it'll work just fine. And they're going to clear it up on the boards. Um, the one worry with Carlson is, 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 um, they kind of asked him why he came back to school because he's a he's a graduate now it's his fifth year uh his his response i was expecting to be something like yeah you know i'm just really excited i we have a lot of talent you know i want to go win a championship whatever right but his response yeah. was essentially just like yeah my uh, wife he's married he's like my wife is in grad school and so uh i i don't know like i guess i'll i'll be in utah so i might as well play basketball she's like dude <laughs> what <laughs> are you shitting me you're one of the best players in the freaking country and you you give off that response. Ugh,
0: so soft. <laughs> he's not even like, yeah, you can find a summer league gig somewhere. I bet Utah <laughs> would probably like if he's like, look, the only school, the only place I'm playing basketball is Utah. Put me on your G-League team, whatever, and I'll just play. They'd probably be like, Yeah, all right, you know, why not? You want to play in the Salt Lake City trash hornets or whatever, if they yeah. have a team. Sure, we'll let you play here.
1: Yeah, that blew my mind. So that doesn't inspire too much confidence, but Nonetheless, Brandon Carlson, man, at seven foot, he's going to shoot probably 35%. He shot 33% from deep last year. I think it'll tick up a little bit because there'll be a little less pressure on him, uh, especially because, you know, Levering down low, he's not the only big guy on the roster anymore. Um, they don't really lose too much. Stefanovic is the only guy that, yeah. you know, you're truly losing something because he's a good shooter, but... Uh, I don't know I just I, I I love the ceiling of this team and if everyone stays healthy and if especially if Smith gets the waiver waiver and you get that athletic guy that can create this is this is a lock tournament team to me
0: if Smith gets that waiver I think i I could even jump him to fifth like move fifth Allen, fifth is one. the ceiling I think that you. I think fifth I, I you know what I could do fourth as well I could do fourth okay. that's the highest I would go all
1: right fair enough yeah so we'll move on to the aforementioned fourth place, the Oregon Ducks, who I had fifth. Michael had third in the conference, so 4.0 cumulatively. Uh, the Oregon Experiment didn't really work out last year. They were once again ranked and high, very highly touted to begin the year, uh, vastly underperformed, which has become, you know, dare I say, a trend for Dana Altman in the last few years. years. Um, yeah, uh, Will Richardson's gone too. He was the only piece I... Really uh, uh, liked too much on that team last year, I guess. Anyways, Kella too, is gone. Um, They're going to try the double seven-footer thing again with Nate Biddle and and Faley Dante. Uh, Tell me why it's going to prove different results this year. I hope they
0: don't. Um, I think they will. I think they will. I remember when when I was starting to write my Oregon preview, I wrote at the top, I buy into this team to be really good far too much. I'll probably do it again at some point this year. Then I finish writing, and it's like, all right, I've done it again. I'm Damn it, DeRosa, you idiot. But man, they lose Will Richardson, as you mentioned, but you return Jermaine Cousinard and Fale Dante and Keyshawn Bartholomew, who were all, well, at least the two guards, they were really injured last year. And by the time they became, like, solid, the team was toast because you had lost to Portland. You had lost, like, a couple games in the non-conference. Certain walk-ons said it's like, we can't recover from this. So I, I feel like they're good. He didn't do much in the portal, but he brings in Kario Quendo. Big bodied wing, very athletic, who was averaging like 19 points a game in SEC play. He like really yep. turned up late. And they're gonna be really good, really, really good in transition. You have those guys in transition, the three freshmen they bring in, Kwame Evans, Mookie Cook, Jackson Shelstead, uh, particularly Evans and Cook, they're both like big-bodied physical wings who are very fast, very versatile. They rebound well, they defend well, and they're gonna leak out in transition. This team should be one of like top. 30, 50 in pace. They should be really, if they are smart, they will play really fast. And Nothing they should says
1: pace like two, seven footers clogging up the lane.
0: Yeah. So they should not do that. <laughs> don't do that.
1: Don't They're going do, that. To. They're no. gonna do it.
0: They should be running and gunning teams and they'll run teams at the damn gym, man, <laughs> man.
1: No, I agree. And I hope they don't, but Nate Biddle was out all of last year, essentially with that injury. Um, I can't imagine they don't play him if they got him to stick around. And then and Feli Dante is not coming out of the lineup if he stays healthy this year. So yeah.
0: he, I don't know. He's, and to his credit, finally Dante is really good. Like he averaged- He's good. He had really good numbers last year.
1: Shot like 60, 62% from the floor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like he, he's a beast. And like, if you can get him the ball in the half court and in the full court, like very obviously simplifying the game of the basketball right here is what I'm doing. Um, Hands up, I'll admit it. But you get him the ball in the half court, You have the point guard they brought in, Shellstead from the mean streets of Westland, Oregon. Um, Like, he shot up recruiting rankings, and he's a pass-first point guard, so he'll be getting the ball to everyone else. And you get it, these guys, like, man, Aquando, who is excellent in transition, big-bodied, wired to score. Kwame Evans, excellent in transition, big-bodied, wired to score. Mookie Cook, excellent in transition, big-bodied, wild to score. They'll be able to switch everything two through four. They're going to be very hard to score against. You'll be able to... You have multiple guys who can block shots, multiple guys in space... There is a path to this team being really good. And if they're smart, and Dana Altman has had some good coaching jobs, they should be really good this year. They there is no excuse for them not to be top five in this league, in my mind.
1: No excuse, sure. Will it happen? Is a whole nother question. Yeah. Um on and the they bench. They, they don't uh, have any shooters. No, they don't. Uh, that was, yeah, Keyshawn Bar- Bar- Barthelemy, who, yeah, played at Colorado, was pretty solid, but once again was not known as, like, a great three-point shooter. Cuisinard's yeah. not a great three-point shooter. Uh, Aquendo, Aquendo, Biddle, up and down the bench, too. There's not a lot of, like, true, like, gunners, shooters. So if you want to run the pace and dip- dish it to the corner better make the shots uh so that i mean a lot of it just comes down to for oregon just to making shots and take care of the basketball which they didn't do at all last year but they will be better this year
0: yeah yeah you you hit the nail on the head there those are the two cons with this team but they should be really good in transition they should be really like man if they play at a fast pace this team could be really fun to watch
1: yeah. And it is, you know, a lot of times last year, Richardson was forced to run the point with Bartholomew out and, and, uh, you know, really no backup point guard. So having Shellstad, who kind of a weird comparison, but um, kind of reminds me of Taman Lipsy at uh, Iowa State, just a true pass, pass first guy, but can, you know, at the time, if you leave him alone, he'll shoot the three and he'll make it. Um, having him and Bartholomew in the backcourt will sure up things quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, floor is five for me. I put them at their floor because, I don't know, I'm Altman is turning into an auto fade for me, which is sad because I liked him a lot, but yeah. uh, five is certainly the floor.
0: If they run those two bigs, oh, man.
1: Oh, boy, here we go. We got a tie, and uh, if you're watching on a video here, I apologize. Everything is going to come at once, but UCLA and USC are tied for two and three uh, with a cumulative 3.0. I had USC at two. UCLA at four, Michael flipped them, USC at four, UCLA at two. Uh, Let's start with the Bruins, who are the most unproven team in the conference because they return return essentially nothing outside of a Dembona and a couple of guards that I don't really like that much anyways. Um, They do bring in a a ton of talent from overseas, but overseas talent is a little risky. It doesn't always pan out, especially when they're all playing together. Um so yeah, give me the give me the break or the rundown on UCLA.
0: Yeah, uh Dylan Andrews here he's fine. He's fine. I can't shoot, he can't shoot. Yeah, he's fast, yeah, he can't fine. shoot. But, man, so they brought in Laser Stefanovic too. Um he can shoot the shit out of the ball, man. Yeah, like like I he I think his skill set translates, but the international bunch they bring in, I really like. Um I saw Jan Video play when um it was Slovenia played against the USA team man, he was so good. He was an absolute bucket. He had some really tough moves. He gets to the bucket really well, really good from the mid range. And he's a pass first wing too. He passes the ball very well. This team's going to move the ball very well. He was someone I was really impressed with. He is an absolute bucket. He was probably, he was the best player on the floor in team USA versus Slovenia. And that's is- tough. Yeah, he is. I love his game. Love his game. And then I go to the two, four, seven rankings, like recruiting rankings. All right, where does he stack up? Cause they ended up ranking all the international prospects, which is risky, but Sure. He was the worst of the international prospects they brought. I'm like, what the hell? This kid's a stud. He's a stud. <laughs> He's damn good. So it's like, all right, sure. And he was also the MVP of this Adidas next generation tournament. Hell yeah. So it's like, all right, sure. Let's look into some of these other guys. They bring in, uh, Elaine Fibluel. I didn't learn how to pronounce that name. I only heard about the next one. He was recruited heavily by Gonzaga and the G League elite program. He played with the same program in France. That Tony Parker, Boris Dio, Evan, don't Google, Fournier, Clint Capella, Ronnie Tereff, and Juli came from. He's good. He and uh, Mick Cronin is quoted as saying he saw him play at last year's U17, where he was first team all tournament. Oh, we've been recruiting him hard ever since. Great two-way player. Can shoot it, slash it, defends at a high level. Smart. He said everything I wanted him to say, really. And it's like, yeah, this kid's a top 40 kid. Sure. And MVP of a tournament. Done. I trust him. Uh next up is Ade Mara, who is like a legit potential lottery pick he's seven foot three seven foot seven wingspan good frame played professional level ball last year looked good yep. let's get a potential lottery pick man
1: mm-hmm. he doesn't have it's like the talent. shot 100 they're gonna have three nba guys on this roster at the least
0: great hands catches just about everything he can he's not afraid to dunk over smaller defenders and my god have you have you seen this good play
1: i've seen I've seen two games from a day, Mara. i I put it on while I was doing some work one day and i was i did kind of just like stop work and be like, holy shit this guy's really good
0: <laughs> he's such a good passer holy yeah. shit he was throwing behind the back passes over there between the like ba- oh my he might he he might be the best passing big man at college basketball next year. I
1: don't really see oh oh come on now
0: who, like, he's who gonna else? Be- i this kid amazed me. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Hell, yeah. And I learned how to pronounce this game. It's Berke Biyuktanjil. I think I got that right. You can show All right. Yeah, we'll call him uh, BB is what I'm going to call him for the rest of this. FIBA, 19, new All-Star, uh, FIBA U19 all-star team after leading Turkey to a third-place finish, including 19 points, four boards, five assists, and two steals against Team USA. He beat Team USA. Lefty forward, knack to get into the bucket. Good player. Very good ball fakes. Very high basketball IQ. Smooth lefty jumper, and he can finish inside. He's a lefty. He can finish with either hand, finish through contact. It really doesn't matter. He played Team USA. Team USA blitz ball screens. He'd pop out, get him the ball, and he'd, and it worked every single fucking time. Every time. It's just like, all right, you blitz the ball screen. You have this guy four on three. He's either hitting the three or you force him to dribble, draw on a foul, or create something for someone else. They didn't change the system at all. If I am Tad Boyle, I, I am having nightmares about this team because V-Day cooked me, Triple uh, Double B cooked me. These guys cooked me. They cooked They cooked him. Yeah. yeah. You should yeah. be having nightmares about him. This team, man, they're really good. And they got good American freshmen too. Let's not just forget about the international kids. Sebastian Mack, Brandon Williams, Devin Williams. Sebastian Mack's good guard. Not the most athletic guy, but he's fluid. And the two Williamses, versatile wings. I really like this team, man. The international guys are damn good. And if they can play together and they're going to be unselfish and they can hit shots, so they should be able to play together, this team could be really good, man. Really good. And it's Mbona, too. Mick Cronin's not hiding expectations for him. he expects him to be really fucking good next year. So we'll see how it works. Yeah. Uh,
1: the the thing that's, you know, holding me up is, okay, if you ask me who who's the backcourt you'd rather have, uh, Severe Wheeler and Paul Mulcahy or Jan Viday and Dylan Andrews. I think I'd take Wheeler. I think I'd take Wheeler Mulcahy. Um,
0: I think Mulcahy, probably the best player of the four, but Wheeler, Wheeler.
1: Wheeler is a better shooter than Dylan Andrews, and he's just as fast. Um,
0: Andrews probably got the nod yeah. defensively. Yeah. Uh, I so, just need to, I need this, Severe Wheeler had some games with Kentucky where he was just like, uh So yeah. I, I need, I want to see him play there, but, If I'm asking you a counter question, Hmm? Mick Cronin coaching a (laughs) backcourt, Mike Hopkins coaching a backcourt.
1: No, that's fair enough. Uh, (laughs) Enough said, Mick Cronin. But there's just so many freshmen, man. And the guys, yeah, Stefanovic. Double
0: B is good. (laughs) Come on.
1: I haven't seen him at all. He's the one guy on their roster that's supposed to contribute that I haven't I haven't even touched his film. Jan Vide is really good. I was watching the same, uh, the FIBA stuff that you did. And then, um, and then, yeah, uh, Ade-, Ade Mara is really good too. Dembona, by the way, we haven't talked about, and he's going to be a first team uh, All Pack 12 guy. Which sky
0: is high expectations for him. He, he's good. He's really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, the I only know. problem is that he can't, once again, he can't shoot yeah um so you're full of a roster you know a day Mara and Bona can't play together because Mara's not popping out and shoot threes um and Bona can't shoot either and then you pair that with let's say McClendon who shot seven period seven percent from three last year and Dylan Andrews is a bad shooter too yeah. okay let's say those four are on the floor together Stefanovic, guess what buddy you're the only one on the roster that can fucking shoot the ball yeah. uh so I don't know um I hope it works out I like UCLA a lot yeah. and I like McCronin but Uh, and, and, you know, I had them fourth, so it's not like I think they're a bad team, but it's just, there's so many unknowns, man.
0: Here's a take, a steaming take coming from me. If this UCLA roster works and they're as good as they can be, they hit their ceiling. Recruiting will be fundamentally changed forever. The international recruiting route will be, it'll so many coaches, whatever, will be looking international. It will fundamentally change how we look at international recruiting. There will be so much more information from it if this team is as good as they can be.
1: Well, especially with how NIL is set up right now, yep. uh, where they can't you know, make the NIL money that the American guys can. Um, it's a cheaper option for teams that can't go, hey, uh, I'm, I'll pay Hunter Dickinson $500,000 in, in transfer portal.
0: And it's uh, all relationships too. You know, like yep. someone internationally, they're like, all right, here's this guy. We trust you. We'll put him in contact two, three coaches. Whoever he likes the best, that's where he's going. He don't know anything about America. L.A., D.C., Indianapolis, Indiana, Omaha, Nebraska. Sure, yeah, I right. like the coach. Yeah, I'll, I'll go there. I'll, I'll make it work for a year.
1: Yeah, no, I I do agree though. This is a big moment, and if it works, then yeah, things are things are going to change. UCLA had two uh, uh, foreign guys on their coaching staff. One is now an NBA assistant. I forget his name, but yeah, um, sure. yeah, like people will look to have those guys on the on the coaching staff just because of the recruiting benefits. Yep. 100%. So let's talk about USC, who I had second you at fourth. Um, first, let's start off because uh, I do want to hit the Bronny James thing. It sounds like Bronny James. Everyone is is um, expecting him to have a full recovery and be on the floor this year. Whether that means November, December, January, I don't know. But my bet is that Bronny James appears in a game in December for USC.
0: I hope so. I'm really rooting for him to get back out there. Yeah. Um, it would, I mean... Those injuries are so scary. And add to that, this is LeBron James's kid. This isn't, this is LeBron James's kid. I am really rooting for him. And he doesn't play anything like LeBron. Like, if you haven't seen him play, not at all. He is very, I mean, really high basketball IQ. That is, like, the main thing when I'm watching him play. He is a really high basketball IQ. He he clearly, he knows the game very well. He doesn't force shots at all. Defends and passes at a really high level. He really lets the game come to him. And he's got a smooth-ass jumper, man. He's got mm-hmm. a smooth jumper. So I'm rooting for him. I think it'd be very, I want him to be playing. It, it's just, it adds so much more to this season and it would keep me up watching West coast games and make me not feel like an idiot versus I usually feel like an idiot when I do it. So let's hope I don't feel stupid this time.
1: Yeah, no, he's yeah, you're right though. He's a people because he's LeBron's kid. People be like, Oh, he's only averaging eight points a game. Uh, Cause that's what he will. When he comes back, yeah. I think he's only a seven to nine points per game guy, yeah. but he's a really, really good defender. And, and, uh, he, I mean, U, USC honestly kind of needs him, but Isaiah Collier is the guy uh, in the backcourt to watch. He's another freshman. He was the best freshman, uh, both two, four, seven. And from my own rankings, uh, in the class, I think he's really, really good yeah. pair him with Boogie Ellis, who was a returning all SE or all PAC 12 guy, 17 and a half points a game last year, three assists on 43% from the floor. Um, that's a really damn good backcourt, probably the best in the league. So, uh, anything you do down low, production-wise, is a plus. But starting with those two up front and paired with with Bronny on the wing uh, when he's healthy is a great place to start.
0: One hundred percent. I mean, you look at Isaiah Collier. Yeah, uh, yeah. You said he's best freshman in class. One or two could be Ron Holland, but like, yeah, I, I buy it. And like, do I really want to give the number one freshman in the class title to someone who's at the G League Elite Camp? No, no, you I don't. don't. You don't. Fuck that. So it's Collier. Best freshman in the country um big guard six foot five but like he can run the offense loves attacking the basket and is an excellent passer he is an excellent passer and he brings the big he had at um what's his high school crap how do I forget off the top of my head that's gonna bother me but he brings a big he had from high school same center he comes over to usC too top 100 kid he wheeler. knows how to play with Collier he knows how to Sorry, wheeler high school wheeler know. thank you yes good call yeah he knows how to play with Collier Good hands, finish. I mean, he's probably going to be starting big because inside they're a little weak, but we'll get to that in a bit. But man, you look at that backcourt and Boogie Ellis, that's 18 points a game. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Boogie backcourt. Ellis and and Collier. I mean, that I, I talked about them being the best in the conference, but you could make an outside case that maybe that's the best one-two backcourt in
0: the country. Maybe. You take them or you it's take the two from the team you cover, Creighton uh
1: Ashworth, Ashworth and Alexander are up there. Yeah. Um for sure. So there's that down low it's it's going to be Josh Morgan probably starting. He, yeah, he was the 25 minutes per game guy for them last year. Vince Chukwu, I do think is healthy and he was never yeah. fully healthy last year and he was a big time recruit, 7-1 guy. Uh you know, when he was on the floor he was really effective. So if he's fully healthy then Maybe that changes things and he gets the nod over Morgan. I don't think you can play both just because it lacks shooting, but um, I don't hate the interior, but it's certainly not great.
0: Yeah. The interior is where I got the question. I don't know if they're going to start the freshman. Fichuku is healthy. I, yeah, he could be really, he could really be something. I just didn't factor him in a ton. I'm probably missing something there. I could be, and Morgan's fine too. But the one thing that gets me with this roster is I'm looking at this team and Ayrton Page is the name of Collier's teammate. Okay. If I'm looking at Bronny, Boogie, Collier, and Kobe Johnson, who was a score for them and could be the best defender maybe in this conference, honestly. Those four guys, they're four top guys, you can't play them on the floor together. Johnson's a tall six six, Collier's six five, Boogie Ellis six foot maybe, and Bronny's like six three.
1: So yeah. I just
0: think they're four best players, arguably, assuming Achuku isn't like he could be the guy if he's fully healthy and mm-hmm. I could look like an idiot for saying this, but those are your four best guys and they kind of play the same role.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because, um, it's not like it's a team that can just fly down the court and and play yeah. in transition being small because that's not really Collier or Boogie's game. No, that is Collier.
0: Collier is so good in transition. He is really, so, good at transition. so okay. yeah, he attacks the basket so well that he can do it anytime. It really doesn't matter. If it's in transition, you're not you're gonna be too scared to take a charge in front of that man.
1: Fair. (laughs) But Buddy, I think you gotta I think he's gotta run through a possession. You know, he wants he wants to control things. So we'll see. DJ Rodman does come over from Washington State. He's a he's a fine piece. Grad transfer averaged ten and a half, ten and a half points per game points per game, I believe, for Washington State. So he's you know, pretty good. Uh once again, it's just transferring from a, a team that was pretty bad last year, and he won't get as many looks from the floor. So his numbers will decre- decrease, but I still think his production and or I mean his uh, efficiency will stay pretty high. Yeah, I'd agree there. He shot 38% from three last year, DJ Rodman. Didn't realize
0: actually? that. Actually? Yeah. I did not know that. Damn, good for him. Yeah, sure. Good for you, Dennis Rodman, too. Why not? Yeah. And Trinity Rodman, too. She's a beast on the U.S. women's soccer team. But granted, sucked, but really? still... That's a shout out to Dennis Rodman. Huh.
1: Okay. Uh, I do think uh, the floor is pretty high just because the the backcourt's so, so good. Um, that's yeah. the, the big floor thing to me. If you have a great guard duo, then you'll be just fine. And let's say uh, one of
0: those yeah. guys gets hurt. That could maybe, like just chemistry-wise, maybe be an upgrade even.
1: Right. It's just possible.
0: You'll, you'll know how to play with these guys. You'll play with them so much that... Sometimes it just kind of works that way. Mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that's not the way it works, but sometimes it's just like, yeah, all right, we have four or five really good guards. One of them goes down. We now have four, three, four really good guards who really know how to play together, and they really know their strengths.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. The one thing I will say from reading Andy Enfield's offseason stuff is that he was like, man, we're really going to miss Drew Peterson, but... And you know, he, he loved, apparently he loves Drew Peterson, but he was like, yeah. man, now we're a lot more athletic and we can do some other things that are fun, yeah. which I get that. Uh, but they yeah. will miss Drew and, and he had a lot of production for them. So moving on to number one now, which leaves the Arizona Wildcats. We both had him number one. Uh, I am, oh, there we go. I am not, you know, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly in love with them, but they just happen to be number one just because I couldn't, couldn't put anyone else there, I guess. <laughs> But
0: I could have put UCLA number one, but I ended up going with Arizona.
1: Okay, so Arizona loses Risa, Courtney Ramey, Azulis Tubellis, who was you know, co-player of the year in the Pac-12 last year, twenty points a game, ten rebounds, and Cedric Henderson, who, who was another piece for them. So they lose a lot. They bring in a ton of pieces, including Caleb Love, uh, the very enigmatic guy from North Carolina, and then Jaden Bradley from Alabama and Keshad Johnson from. Uh, San Diego State. Those are the three big names coming in. Uh Why Arizona number one for you?
0: Tommy Lloyd's an excellent coach. I just think he's an excellent coach. The way he was able to, this program should not be as good as it is right now. He has, Sean Miller had this team in the shit and he just comes in and is like, all right, Hey, you know, this Ben Matherin can you add? Yeah. He's a lottery <laughs> pick, by the way, you moron. Uh, open your eyes. Moron. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. He was a lottery pick, so man, Tommy Lloyd has developed kids so so well. His development track has been excellent. Like you see it with Pelle Larson, you see it with Omar Balo, who fits the system and will be a go-to guy for this team. The bigs in this conference are like secret good. Now that I'm just thinking about it, Bona Mara, I mean, at Oregon you've got if mm-hmm. like Dante,
1: Brandon oh, I mean, Carlson, like,
0: Carlson, oh, yeah, Brandon Carlson, he's a bucket. Fardos, IMac,
1: IMac, yeah, the bigs here are legit. Bigs, we have not been talking about Bigs. In this conference are really good. Man. Second, third, probably the third best Bigs. Uh, the Big East is first, I would say Big Ten, and then Pac twelve, honestly.
0: I might even put Pac twelve up Big Ten. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Like the Bigs, in this conference are really good, huh? Didn't didn't really put that together till we're just talking it through. <laughs> Damn good, but man, Omar Bala's can gonna be really good. Pele Larson averaged ten and four and has his college track has just gone up. So like, yeah, I'm. Oh, I should deal with like that. See it on camera. It's reversed fucks my brain yeah like man and you got two potential breakout guys kylan boswell and henry visar first yep. boswell i didn't love the way he played in the U nineteen tournament i just don't think he was used well i don't think um boyle used his guards well at all and that's kind of why that team sucked like he had armstrong and boswell and they couldn't they just shot the ball every time down yeah sure good luck good coaching boyle he, he burnt Georgetown in the tournament, and I was at that game. So, like, that's probably why most of this beef comes from.
1: Yeah, a very anti-Boyle
0: podcast. Noticed. Anti-Boyle and Enfield, too. Like, I, I could have him higher, but, like, we don't need to talk about that one. That that one.
1: <laughs> Enfield's consistent, at least. He's going to be he, between he 20 and consistent. 40 on, on Ken Palm every year.
0: Yeah. but Yeah, but, man, Boswell ended the season with back-to-back 14-point performances against USC-UCLA, 46% from the field, 39% from three. That guy's ready for a bigger role. That guy's going to be something. He is something. And Visar, mobile, seven-foot stretch, big, lanky, good instincts, can hit a jumper from the outside, can't even put the ball on the floor, unique skill set. So, like, yeah, you know what? He could be something. And if he's seven-foot big next to Omar Ballo, that can stretch the floor, and then he, could, you could play them together, or it's like, all right, you have to go to Omar Ballo. You were staying in the paint. You're going to have to muscle up. All right, seven seconds later, made a free throw. We're subbing out. Now you've got to guard Visar. He's a stretch big. You have to do so much defensively. So many switches. They're going to be hard to prepare for on short notice. That's something. Yeah. And that transfer class, Keyshaw Johnson in the front court, everything he did at San Diego State, I think should be applicable to the Pac-12. Physical, big, can score everywhere. Be yep. a beast. Jaden Bradley, good playmaking wing. You'll have someone next to the guy I'm going to mention next who can make plays. And I think that is really helpful because you let Caleb Love just be a scorer. Caleb love does not have to do more than just score. And if Caleb love isn't, let's say Caleb loves having a bad game or like, he's just, you know what? He's kind of checking himself out. He's not locked in. They have enough pieces to where you can just be like, all right, Caleb, you're on the bench for the rest of the game. They have enough. And if he is really good and can be that scorer who is a top at his ceiling is one of the 10 most talented, pure talented players in college basketball. Sure. Yeah. Like he, willed UNC to a national title. They were two possessions away from being national champions with Caleb Love potentially winning MVP. Yeah. um that talented. So they have pieces around him that'll make him better. And if it isn't there, all right, you can sit the bench. We got guys.
1: I'll tell you one thing. If you put Caleb Love on the bench, you're going to have some some locker room problems. That's what I was it, It'll
0: just be him. They'll be like, all right, yeah, dedicate one assistant there. We got a team here. We got, we got guys <laughs> who can play.
1: I don't know. I think Caleb Love is a net negative. Uh, he's a guy that uh, in his career at North Carolina, only shot 30% from three and had a lot of games where he went like seven of nine. So what does that tell you about the rest of his games? Um, he very, so very
0: many cool. heat check shots. It was mind blowing, but
1: that's not something that I don't think. I don't think Tom, I don't think any coach is fixing that. I think that's just him. He's going to, he's going to pull up man. Cause he, he thinks think you he's the best player. In. In the I world. think
0: you can rein it in a bit. Or if you have, Omar Balo inside. All right. We can get some, actually they had Baycott who also get some of those rebounds too. So that's. that's
1: <laughs> that point. Yeah. Uh, I do love Pell Larson. He's the ultimate glue guy and and uh, just kind of a nice steadying piece on the wing. Balo is, or should be at least one of the most highly productive big, big men in the country this year without Tubelis, He should take over a lot of that role. Um off the bench, Jaden Bradley comes over and and that's a, a piece that I do really like. Played 20 minutes a game last year, uh only six points per game. But he down the stretch of the season, he kind of started to feel it a little bit. Um
0: yeah, like four assists a game too. he can make yeah.
1: yeah. No, he's a he's a he's a guy for sure. Uh Kylan Boswell was voted on the Almanac field of sixty eights uh, deal that uh he was the breakout player of the year for the Pac 12. I could see that happening, sure. Um yeah but will Caleb love let it happen? I think we'll see RJ Davis have a great season this year for North Carolina without Caleb love. Um, I think maybe Caleb love just limits the pieces around him. Uh, So that's, that's my one holdup for, for Arizona, but um, this is a really talented team and Omar Balo and Pell Larson and yeah, Kashad Johnson too. They kind of limit, the damage that can be done uh, from Caleb or or even any other pieces. So they're, they're going to be very good, probably a top three or four seed for sure. in the NCAA tournament, whether they get first, second or third in the PAC 12, eh, who knows
0: if this was like, I trust Tommy Lloyd. If this was a team coached by say, I don't know, Mike Hopkins, Jared Haas, Bobby Hurley, Wayne (laughs) Tinkle. This team is not as high as I have. They're just flat out. Not, but I trust Tommy Lloyd. He's a good coach, man. He knows what he's doing.
1: Are there only four good coaches in the Pac 12? See,
0: I think are you know, know, there, I, is I really it, like Craig Smith. Mark is it, it Tommy
1: Lloyd, Mark Madsen, Craig Smith, and Mick Cronin? Is, is that it? Is everyone else bad?
0: I wouldn't say like Enfield's a bad coach. I wouldn't say Boyle's a bad coach. I wouldn't say they're not good, though. None great. of those guys are good. And Kyle Smith, too, I threw in there. Like he's fine coach, like he hasn't done much. But like
1: then no. you, you gotta I mean you gotta be better than
0: yeah. It's like so, there's coaches that are fine. Like they got like they at least have like a year or two where they're safe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, if Altman's really bad this year, maybe not him, but everyone else.
1: So I mean, in my opinion, Tinkle should be in the hot seat. Uh, Tinkle should be in the hot ejected
0: seat. Already. Mike seat, seat ejected already. Haas is should be on the
1: hot seat. Hurley should be on the hot seat.
0: Ejected. Their seat. They should have been fired.
1: So that's five. Um, you go up and down, and then maybe Altman. So that's five and a half. We'll say that's a lot. It's a lot of coaches that are just not doing what they should be doing. Yeah. But, okay, that rounds up our uh, our Pac-12 rankings, Michael. Anything else about uh, about the conference you want to hit on?
0: Man, if those international kids at UCLA are good, that's going to be so fun. And I, what the hell is going to – So we've got Oregon State and Washington State are like buddies now, right? Like they're like the two that are left over. Mm-hmm. If those two buddies finish last and second last, <laughs> what does that kind of say about the future of this conference?
1: That'd be so funny, man. I, I, it's probably gonna happen too.
0: Yeah, like, what are they gonna do? They join the Mountain West?
1: Probably, or maybe the Mountain West joins
0: them. them? They just have the branding of the Pac-12 from right. now on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just uh, start the Pac-2. That's it. That they just cool. uh, they they drop the one, keep the two.
0: Twenty straight games of. Washington state versus Oregon state <laughs> to determine who gets a 15 seed in the tournament.
1: Yes, man. I'm count me in. Count me in sure. for that.
0: Yeah. Let's go <laughs> kind of stupid. I wonder what their conference tournament's going to be like, just like another best of seven.
1: <laughs> conference tournament, just a one game set and there, neither of them will be like a, at large ever. So that it's just like, whoever wins one game gets to go to the NCAA tournament.
0: That sounds electric, man.
1: There, yeah. You know. That would be really funny. Actually. <laughs> just no incentive to win a, a conference title or any seating at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: They'd have like a half court competition in one game just because they can. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: They get like fans involved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it from us. um Thanks for tuning in, everybody. The audio, if you're listening to that version, the video version will be on the YouTube's uh, at House Enterprise. Uh, we are presented by House of Surprise and House of College Hoops, uh, and also SeatGeek. Go, uh, go get your tickets there. Yeah, do us a do us a favor. We'll both win. You'll get a discount. We'll get a discount. So it'll be great. It'll be great. Hell
0: yeah! Do it.
1: Um, but yeah, thanks everybody. And we will, uh, Michael. Well, actually, before we go, we got what do we got left? We have. We'll do a mid-major podcast. We will also hit the Big Twelve and and the ACC. And we have not done the ACC. We could throw them in the mid majors, though, because they're so bad outside of three teams. But we'll get there.
0: Yeah, we'll get. But we'll get there. But we'll yep. get
1: there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.
0: See ya. Peace.